The reading this morning is taken from Romans chapter 8, verses 15 to 17. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm what we are, that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. Here ends the lesson. Indeed, this St Andrews is God's word. And uh, I'll be interchanging between the NLT and the NIV, uh, UK version. The NIV is just a little closer to the Greek, so I'm just going to read this one out, and this is the uh, NIV's version. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we're heirs, and heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. Let's pray. Gracious Lord, as we come to your word, we pray, because we recognize that there is a spiritual battle that goes on any time your word is brought. You make this clear in the parable of the sower, that there are different types of responses within our heart. And at times, uh, I'm the hardened road soil, it never goes in. Other times, I'm distracted, uh, and different things can take place. And so, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name that I would decrease my foibles and idiosyncrasies of, as any communicator of the gospel brings, that this would decrease, and that you and your word would increase And Lord, I pray again that by your Spirit, there would be a work in a person's heart today who just hasn't got the whole thing of the Christian faith. They're still thinking in terms of ideology, head beliefs, stuff you've got to do. And that the role of the decisive and essential role of the Holy Spirit in their life just hasn't come, it just hasn't connected And so, Lord, I pray that today that, Lord, you would do a miraculous work. Only you can do this work. It cannot be done through me. And so we pray as a church that you would come, Holy Spirit. We're not just here. We know there's there's a number of people listening from around the world on podcast. A warm welcome to those from America, South America and around the world. I don't know why you want to come to Geraldine on a Sunday morning, but it's awesome you're here. And also those many who join on via YouTube. So whoever's here, Lord, we pray that, Lord, your heart would touch their heart. In Jesus' name, amen. So this morning we are carrying on with our series on Romans. And over the last few weeks of this chapter 8, we've been looking at the Holy Spirit's role in our lives, the essential role it plays. And so I've got a question to ask. How do you know you are a Christian? Right? Just think about that, right? And I know that someone could say, well, I've said the sinner's prayer, which is, you know, it's not actually in the New Testament, the sinner's prayer, but it is a very good scriptural thing, a good biblical thing to do. Nevertheless, it's got some biblical principles behind it. Others will say I've been baptized. Again, that's biblical. 
Uh, there's a whole bunch of things there, but how do you know you're a Christian? What would be some of the results of that in your life? This text here brings out a decisive thing that takes place in the life of the believer that happens uh, as a result of God's Spirit in our lives. So this morning, i just give you a bit of an overview of what we're doing this morning. By God's Spirit, we cry, Abba, Father. Uh, and Abba, sort of in modern in Hebrew, is sort of like the word for dad. Whether it was that way in Aramaic 2,000 years ago, there's debates on it. But it's certainly a word that they used in commonality in Aramaic for dad or father. So we cry, Abba, Father, and we know we're his children. So by God's Spirit, we cry, Abba, Father, and we know we're his children. Verses 15 and 16. As God's children, we will inherit or share in his sufferings. Verse 17. And as God's children, we will share and inherit in his glory. Verse 17b. I've done taken that off the uh, NIV version. That the NLT slightly rearranges it, but it says the same thing. So the first one that we're going to look at this morning is, by God's spirit, we cry, Abba, Father, and we know we are his children. So the NLT version puts it this way. You received God's Spirit when he adopted you as his own children, and now we call him Abba Father. For his Spirit joins with our Spirit to affirm we are God's children. Then the NIV, just a slight word change, and it's more accurate to the Greek. The Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba Father. The difference and the more correct version is this is a cry that comes out of the heart. So I, I remember, I'm a, I'm a bit of a mama's boy. Is there anyone, any other men that were mama's boy when you were young? Well, I was anyway. And I, didn't, I, didn't, I'm there. I'm, I'm, I don't mind. Mum's listening in. I'd love you, mum. Mum, Katie listens on YouTube. I don't mind admitting that. And so whenever I would get hurt and I'd get crushed, what would be the cry that would come out from my, my mouth? Mum! That's exactly right. It's not a call. It's a cry. It's a, it's a high-pitched mum, right? And I would just run to mum with tears sobbing down. And then, you know, she put a Band-Aid, a little plaster. And I don't know, it magically made me feel a lot better, all right? It worked for me, all right? Mum's alive, right? So this, this was, the, and this, the term, the cry, is what we're talking about. Not a call, hey, mum, but, you know, not a text. A heartfelt cry for mum, all right? So, so... Uh, what is God's word getting at here? Well, I, I know that not all of us have been privileged to have had loving fathers or mothers. And for some here, being a child, it's a wee way I go, right? But it's most likely most of us have cried out at some point as young children for mum or dad, right? It could be in pain or distress, or it could be in joy. Look, dad, look what I got at school, right? I remember that, dad, I, I smashed the ball out of the park at cricket, right? It was, it was you know, I was, it was excitement, right? It was this, this, and, and when all this stuff happens, I, I don't do this, I don't cry out mum or dad as some sort of proof or evidence or as a way of making my parents, me, them my parents. It, because they're my parents and because I love them, this cry comes out. It's a result. It's a fruit. No one had to tell me to do it. I'm, I, I love my mum and dad. If I did well at school, I would, or something bad was happening in my life, this would come out. And this is exactly what is getting at with, with the Apostle Paul. He is saying 
that indeed every person who knows Jesus Christ, if you've got the Holy Spirit in you, God's Spirit will work in you and you will cry out for God at different times in your life. And you will know, and His work in your heart, you will know that you are His children. And this is a miracle. I can't preach this to you in terms of making this happen. This is not some fake emotional experience. It is a miraculous miracle of the Spirit that works in our hearts, right? So it's not like, uh, so in other words, it's not like, you know, you can imagine with, with, with parents, their, their parents talking to their children. It's not like you're getting your children to say, right, cry out, Dad, Dad, cry out louder, Dad. You know, that's not that. This is a fruit that happens because you are his children. Right? And that, that here's the amazing thing. This happens regardless of, we can have this experience with our heavenly father, regardless of what our experience is like with our earthly mum and dad. There's many people, particularly as our society is pretty messed up these days, and it was messed up 2,000 years ago when Paul was writing the letter to the book of Romans. Most of the paterfamilias, the Roman fathers, were not the loving fathers that we have in the Christian world that we've grown up with. That was a messed up, broken world. But no matter what the relationship you have with your human father or mother, you can have an incredible experience of God as father. And this work that happens in your life is evidence and proof of you being his child. And so what I want to do is I'm going to play a clip in a moment, uh, just in a second. And this is a lady, I'm going to give a bit of a promo because it's a, we've got all ages here. I'm not running the first five minutes of it. This lady here, uh, she was horrifically abused uh, this is on the Christian Broadcasting Network. Uh, I can send you the link later for anyone that wants the whole thing. But she was horrifically abused by her father and by another family, number of family members in her childhood. And, uh, but she had a grandmother who prayed for her fervently and continued and spoke words of life into her. At any rate, she entered the, um, uh, the criminal world. Uh, she became a highly successful person in organized crime. Uh, reaching sort of high levels of organized crime, making vast amounts of money, multiple broken marriages, uh, and then uh, she just spiraling downhill. And then she's had, and she's going to talk about her experience despite the, relation, the broken relationship she had with her father and many other men in her life. She's going to, I'm coming right now at the end point of the brokenness. Uh, so we skip all the gory scenes for the kids' sake. And we're coming in right now to the Jesus part. I want to push the play button. These big businessmen. Still, she knew there was a better way, but the trap she had fallen into wasn't about to let her go. I didn't want to be doing this. I didn't want to be selling my soul to the devil, but I didn't know how to get out. Then in 2010, Pamela was busted for possession and sentenced to five years in prison. The first thing she requested was a Bible. In her cell, she rededicated her life to Christ. She says over time, God removed her desires to indulge in the vices of her past. I had to repent of all the prostitution, all the, the madam causing somebody else to sin, the, the using this body, putting these drugs in. He filled me, filled me with his power, with his essence, with his love. The liquid love, I can't describe it any other way. God became the father I was looking for all along. And there's no man that can fill the void that Father God can fill. Pamela also forgave her abusers. And I released them to him. And he not only healed my heart, 
that he healed the hearts of those, the offenders that I was praying for and brought them to Christ. Pamela started a scripture reading ministry where she shared the delivering power of Jesus Christ with other inmates. After serving just 18 months, she was released on November 18th, 2011. I knew my purpose was now to go out and to help the disenfranchised, to help the less fortunate, to help those who are lost and forgotten in the prison walls. God poured his love into my heart. It was like liquid. God was the father that I'd been looking for my entire life. Now, that wasn't taught to her. That was a work of the Spirit. And this is exactly what Paul was saying to the church in Rome. With all their broken, messed up human relationships, we can have a relationship with our God in heaven. And it is, it is way better and more different than any human relationship. And so this is now getting to the more drier commentary here. This is Mu, one of the famous Roman scholars, but this he's saying, talking about this cry for Abba, this is what he says, top Roman scholar. In using the verb crying out, Paul stresses that our awareness of God as Father comes not from rational consideration, nor from external testimony alone, not from me telling it to you this morning, right? That's not the only way, right? But from a truth deeply felt and intensely experienced. That's what Paul's saying. If some Christians err in basing their assurance of salvation on feelings alone, it is an error. Many others err in basing it on facts and arguments alone. Indeed, what Paul says here calls into question whether one can have a genuine experience of God's spirit of adoption without it affecting the emotions. So I never had her experience at all, anything like that. But I can say that with my human parents, that it's not just an intellectual relationship that I've had with my mother and father. I had an emotional relationship as well. And I can say that with my relationship with the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, it is not just an intellectual relationship. It affects the affections of my heart. And my heart has cried out in moments of distress over the last few months, Father, help me. When I see Catherine in severe pain or she hasn't slept, and there's literally nothing you can do to take that pain away, what does the heart do? You cry out to the Father God, who alone can actually do a miracle in my dark valleys and in yours. So do you know this, Heavenly Father? The work, this is a testifying. You're not, you don't do it as religious work, cry out, Father. You actually, it happens because you know him as your Lord and Savior. And his spirit testifies with your spirit that you've been adopted into the coolest, most awesomest family on the planet. And you guys are my brothers and sisters. I don't know how you feel about having me as your brother, but I'm really excited to have you. And we have a father. This is the coolest family. No matter what broken relationship we may have with our human mothers and fathers. And this was what Paul was getting at. So one... By God's Spirit, we cry out, Abba, Father. It's the Spirit of God that does it in our life. It did it in that lady's life. And I can tell you, no counselor or therapist could have done that. Only the, only the power of God. You receive God's Spirit when, we ado when, when He adopted you as His own children. Now we call Him, or the more correct version, we cry out, Abba, Father. For His Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm we are God's children. Right, and number two, as God's children, we inherit or share it as sufferings. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, and heirs of God and co-heirs of Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share 
in his glory. I just want to say, I was telling actually both Carl and Jason uh, this earlier in the week, that I, I've been really st- at times struggling with actually the, the Romans series, right? So I, I just like, at times the Romans, I'm like, Lord, you're so hard on the, on the St. Andrew's congregation. Last week it's hell. And I was just like, oh, I, I, I just really struggle talking on this stuff. There are people who come from bad backgrounds we heard hell week after week. And now they have to hear it from me. It's your fault. And I'm doing, I thought, why was I choosing Romans in the first place? And all the tough stuff, sin and judgment and difficulties and sanctification. And I feel, Lord, I feel so convicted and a hypocrite because I'm not as sanctified as I should be. You're just convicting me. And it's like, Lord, do I work? And then today it was awesome. It's Abba Father. And I was like, yeah, this is right. The love of God is awesome. And then Paul goes and ruins it and says, if you're his children, guess what? Ladies and gentlemen, you get to share in his sufferings. Who wants to share in Jesus' sufferings? I don't want to share in his sufferings. But that's what it says. That one of the results of becoming his children is that we will share in the sufferings of Christ. Paul would fail a marketing exam, right? You can imagine him trying to become marketing 101. <laughs> Come a Christian, you can suffer like Jesus. Right? Who would want that? But that is what the text says, that there is a fruit that comes out that we have indeed share with his sufferings. All right? And so this is one of the things. As God's Spirit works in your life, Suddenly, when you have that, when you become a Christian, the Holy Spirit, suddenly you will start to hate evil and you will start to love righteousness. And some of the things you're doing in the past, you will not be able to do, or you'll be really convicted by it. And other things that happen start to actually cause you start to pray for people and you discover a heart for people, and then suddenly spiritual opposition comes. Who started praying for people and loving on people and then had all sorts of opposition and difficulties happen? Right? Who's done things? Things, these things happen in your life, and suddenly you find all sorts of things. And not when I, I remember giving my life to Christ, and, and I was so excited, and I went and told a couple of friends, they were not excited. They didn't share my excitement for Jesus. Who's had that moment? I've come to know Jesus. And they just look at you like you are a freak show. And I was like, oh, okay, I need to be more careful about how I share that. This is text. Here's what the Word of God says in a number of texts. This is on persecution. Uh, you, however, know uh, it's not just Paul and Romans talking about that we will suffer. There's numerous Bible texts. And so if you are thinking of giving your life to Christ, you're not there yet, then I'm giving you the real account. If you give your life to Christ, you will share in, in his sufferings. Here's some Bible texts on it. You have a know about my teaching, my way, my, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, and endurance, persecutions and sufferings, what kind of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, the persecutions I endured, yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, anyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Here's the words of Jesus. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. We share in Jesus' sufferings. They hated the world. They may well indeed hate us. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember what I told you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute... Yeah, all right. And there's another text here in Luke 6. Blessed are you when people hate you, they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy because great is your reward in heaven. There's the glory. Glory and suffering. Paul puts them together. Uh, And so does Jesus. For that is how their ancestors treated the prophets of the old. And so there is a persecution. There's also the suffering that Christians can go through is a suffering and anxieties of God starts to change our heart and we start to feel a burden for those who are in our family who do not know Jesus. 
a hurt and a burden comes in our life. Other times the suffering comes is that when we know Jesus, we will no longer actually go the easy way, we'll choose the hard way. So I can think of a businessman, he'd given his life to Jesus, and he was following Christ, and he'd signed up with a business deal of a few hundred thousand dollars, and he'd said yes and shook hands on it, but hadn't filled in the contract. And then he found out that it was a terrible deal, and he was going to lose his money. But he thought to himself, and so his lawyer said, don't do it, don't do it, right, don't sign. You know, you, you don't, you're not legally obligated. And so, with, because of the things, but he said, I've actually given my word, and my word, so I'm going to, now I know some non-Christians will do that, but if you're a Christian, your yeses are yes, and your noes are no. Yeah, you, that's it. You know, who can ascend the hill? Who keeps his word even to his own pain, right? One of the psalmists. And there can be another suffering that can happen within Christians. And this is in Ezekiel. Uh, and Ezekiel was talking about in the time of, of Jerusalem that there was a, this moral decline in society. It was the whole society was in freefall decline. And every form of evil was being celebrated by good. And what was happening, there was a small group of believers in the Lord who were inwardly just grieving at the state of where their society is at. Let me just read it to you. Then the glory of God arose from between the cherubim where he had rested and moved to the entrance of the temple. And the Lord called to the man dressed in linen who was carrying the writer's case. He said to him, walk to the streets of Jerusalem, put a mark on the foreheads of all who weep and sigh because of the detestable sins being committed in their city. They weren't there on the street corners. They weren't having the billboard signs. They weren't chucking up on Facebook media about judging you know, the, the, the Jerusalem's going such a bad society, but inwardly they were grieving at where their society was at. And that was a suffering they were going through. So Christians, if you become a child of God, one of the results is you'll cry out, Abba, Father. It's a work of the Spirit. The second thing is, as a result, sooner or later you will share in his sufferings. And Jesus says that it's one of the reasons people will actually turn their back on the parable of the sower. Some say, oh, this Jesus thing's great, until suffering comes for the sake of the word, then they fall away. And so to know that if you are to pursue Jesus Christ and for your lifetime, God will have appointed days and valleys of suffering for you. And perhaps, you know, Jason and I were chatting the other day, and I said, you know, if persecution comes, and Jason sort of wryly said, when persecution comes, and, and, and any, Jason may be right, we may see state-sponsored persecution of us in our lifetime. Jesus says we should expect it. If we dodge a bullet in our lifetime, I'll be like, thank you, Jesus, I won't, I won't not pretend, I'm not looking forward to it. But I can only tell you what the Word of God says. Are you willing to share in a suffering and then, uh, uh, however, there's a great news we also get to share in his glory. And you get to find that actually this takes place in numerous other texts. So this is First uh, Peter 4, uh, talking about suffering and glory together. Uh, connects into the Romans passage. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come upon you to test you, though something strange were happening to you. Be prepared to suffer. But rejoice in so much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, right? You're children of God. Right? So that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you're insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed, for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Do you see he's saying the same thing as the Romans passage? Can, can you guys get that? I'm seeing you looking at me like dully here, which means either I'm really boring um, or I haven't connected, or you have connected, you've just been just cool, you're chilling in the, in the pews there. That is saying the same thing as the Romans passage. 
right? And this is the second Corinthians here. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly are being renewed day by day. For our light momentary troubles, there's suffering, are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what's unseen is, is, is eternal. And here's the Romans passage. Since we are his children, we are his ears. And in fact, together with Christ, we're ears of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. The two are connected together. And so what is this glory? It is eternal life. It is an eternity with God in heaven. We should fix our eyes on that eternal reward. Jesus tells us to. Don't make your nest here on earth. Make your nest in heaven. Make that your goal. It's also knowing God here and now, having that, that, that work of the Spirit where we cry out, Abba, Father, where we know we're loved by God and that we're serving His purposes and fulfilling it. We will share in His glory in the future and we get little tastes of it here and now. These are the fruit of being a believer. So here's a question. Have you cried out, Father? Not as a religious work, but because God's done a work in your heart. That's a sign of you being one of his children. Isn't that great having, dad, having our heavenly dad? This is not religion. This is not boring. This is knowing the God of the whole universe as a father. If you're not excited by that, then you haven't encountered the heavenly father because he is the most awesome, exciting person you could possibly know. And if you do know him as your heavenly father, then there's a couple of promises. You're going to share in his suffering. Sorry about that, guys. But that's what he says. And then we share in his future glory. These are the results of being his children. Are you his child today? Do you know the living God? Let me just finish with this. Um, I, it was a colleague, I don't know if it was a colleague or anything. I can't remember the person who told me. But he said there was into, uh, they were coming into Israel, in Tel Aviv, the Ben Gurion International Airport. They'd gone through customs uh, and were made their way out and were going out to catch their Uber or taxi or whatever to their appointment. And as they were doing that, there was this little kid was coming running in and, the, and, and seeing the, he saw the dad coming off the thing and the little kid was going, Abba, 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 which is the is Hebrew term for dad. And she just heard that cry. The little, little, little girl just went, threw herself around her dad. Abba, right? Probably dad had been away on business. And that heart that that child had for her father and, her, and that little girl crying out in Hebrew for her dad, this is the experience that every Christian has. Let's pray. Gracious Lord, we thank you that you are a heavenly father, that no matter what the relationship we have with our earthly parents, we can know you as Abba, as our father. And Lord, and that your spirit works in our spirit to testify that we are the children of the living God. And Lord, I pray if there's one person here this morning who has not had that experience who's never cried out once in their life for you. It's just been religion. It's just been good values, turn up, social club. That, Lord, I pray that today would be the day of salvation, that they would cry out to you and encounter you as their living God. And I also pray that for all of us who do know you, that we are promised to share in your sufferings in this life as well as your future glory as co-heirs. In Jesus' name, amen.